Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you. Welcome to The Burt Not Ernie Show, the podcast all about getting the promises of God into the people of God. I'm Jan Elbert, host of the show and your fellow Jesus-following disciple. And this week is, it's kind of like a big deal, number-wise, because we're crossing a milestone. We're releasing the 100th episode of the podcast. So I'm kind of doing some, uh, not really celebrating, more like rejoicing over here. Just rejoicing in the fact that the Lord has seen fit to allow me to do this for 100 episodes, to have this platform where I can share about Him talk about prayer, and mainly, just really specifically, about believing God's promises. That's what I do here, and I plan to keep doing more and more of that. So blessed, so blessed to be able to keep on keeping on for the Lord. So welcome to episode number 100. I'm really thankful you're here today. You're listening to The Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing on the Edify app. This is episode 100. So, you know, I was thinking about the 100th episode of the show and I was kind of kicking around ideas of, you know, do I need to do something to make it like a bigger deal? Do I need to have like, you know, wow, can I do like 100 promises, like just read through 100 verses or, you know, thinking of things. How do I, how do I celebrate 100 episodes? And then I realized, like I said earlier, that I just need to step back from celebrating and lean into rejoicing that the Lord has blessed me with this because, you know, it, it sounds like it makes sense to like, yeah, do something bigger, Jan. But once I paused and thought about it, I realized that, well, duh, God's promises are as big as they can possibly be. They can't be bigger than they are. They're already enormous. They are all, every one of them, as true as they have ever been. And so I just decided that I needed to simply, rather than celebrate or think about ways to make it seem quote unquote bigger, since God's promises are already as big as they could ever be, I'm just going to put the spotlight, the focus back on God's promises for this episode, because that's where the spotlight always and only belongs. I cannot make them any bigger than they are. I cannot make them any truer than they are, but I can put a spotlight on them, like one at a time, week by week, which is what God has called me to do since I started podcasting. And I can ask you to believe that they are true for you today, right now, And at the same time, I can acknowledge that they cannot become truer than they already are. Isn't that good news? They're so true. They've been tested. They're trustworthy because our God is trustworthy. And they are all of that for you today. My heart is really for listeners to grow in their own personal belief that every single thing that God has promised is completely true. And then to just trust him, like trust him more, trust him a little more. Trust him a little more. Some days, hopefully, it's a big leap. We trust him a lot more with that increasing trust leading to a deeper understanding of how to live our daily lives, knowing that all of God's promises are going to come to pass. 
Not one of them is ever going to fail. They can't because our God can never fail. And so, of course, his promises are perfect promises. It's actually pretty amazing, this path that the Lord put me on. And I am daily thankful that I get to do this. And I'm thankful for each episode, every connection with people, new friendships. And I'm also thankful for the ways that I have grown in my own personal life as I get out there and do the thing each week. You know, sometimes just got to do the thing and see what comes of it. Being a disciple, which is what I am, and also trying to help disciple others, which is what I want to do with each episode, each blog post, each microblog, each social media post, um, every book I write, I just want to help disciple others. Even when I do conference speaking, I try to bring that in no matter what the context, no matter the format, I try to bring that in and at least have it in the back of my mind. You know, at the very least, even if you're not in a full tilt Christian setting, you can always encourage people and you can always be praying for them before, during, and after the presentation, the speaking gig, whatever it might be, whatever interaction you have in a setting that doesn't really welcome or allow you to be all about Jesus, you can still be about Jesus and be about discipling people. Isn't that great? I love that. So I do try to bring that discipleship element into what I do on a daily basis. And, um, you know, part of being discipled and part of having a podcast about God's promises includes I, me sitting before the Lord. I sit with him and I ask him, I allow him, I invite him to examine my heart and reveal whether or not I am personally fully believing all that he has promised. So yes, it has been growth for sure. And I say all that to say this, if God is leading you into some venture and you think maybe there might be a lot of growth involved, I can say from personal experience that you do not want to miss out on that. Do it. Do it. Follow hard after Jesus. And you're going to look around as you're following hard after Jesus, and you're going to see other people who are doing the same thing. They are running after Jesus with everything they've got. You can link arms with them. It's like we get to join together to make Jesus famous. That is a privilege. Helping people to trust God more. Um, what's cooler than that? Like to do that for a, a job is amazing. Having my own faith stretched along the way. That's like icing on the cake, gravy on the side, a blessing that I will be, and I mean this seriously, eternally thankful for. So last week, I wrapped up a series on Romans chapter 8, and um, going through that chapter, just focusing on God's promises there, wow, what a powerful chapter of the Bible it is. I'm so thankful for the Word of God. Uh, This week, we're going to look in a New Testament book. Luke chapter four of that book, and I've got a few verses. I'm going to read from the Amplified, but first I want to set the stage because I'm going to kind of jump in kind of in the middle of that chapter, and I want to talk about what comes prior in that chapter. This is like the background or context clues just about what's happening before I leap into these promises. So, um, and you know, when we talk about God's promises and we know them, like memorize them, Um, you know, and then we combine them with prayer. That's like a dynamite combo. When we pray God's promises, things happen. Our faith grows and the faith of those we're praying for grows. It's like explosive. Mountains are leveled and discipleship. I'm telling you, there is a level of discipleship, like sanctification that happens when we pray that doesn't happen otherwise. 
So when we're praying together in like a group setting, there is some discipleship that hopefully occurs. But anytime you're praying, even if it's just in your own quiet time, there is discipleship happening. You are being sanctified when you pray. It unifies us when we pray together, which is one of the reasons why praying together is important as well as praying in your individual quiet time or prayer time. It's, it, we want to be united because that's something Jesus prayed over the entirety of his church, the big C church, all of us. So, you know, if he asked God, the father, to do that, that, that his people, his children, that church would be one as he and the father are one, uh, we want to get in line with that. We want to see taking place whatever Jesus prayed for. You know what I mean? Like that should be pretty high up on our list of priorities. That should get us excited. So corporate um, fellowship and prayer, that is one of the reasons it's so important. It's, it's if it was vital to Jesus and important enough that he prayed for it, and we have that prayer recorded in the Bible so we can know what he prayed for. Oh, it needs to be important for us too. So, um, you know, and it cements God's promises in our hearts and minds when, you know, we kind of anchor ourselves to the word of God. It literally is an anchor for our soul. We are more stabilized. We're less tossed around by all of the, just the waves of life. And when we're praying those very things that he has promised in his word, it like, it's like two anchors. You know, you are really, really getting more solid. You're settled. You're in a good place. So I'm looking forward to this episode because it has two of my most favoritest things ever, prayer and the promises of God. So Luke chapter four, we see Jesus led by the spirit into the desert where he was tempted by Satan and he overcame each temptation with the word of God. When Jesus said it is written, he meant it. He meant it, like as in believing that God's word trumps all. It is the truth at all times and in every situation. And maybe, just maybe, I need to be better about speaking it out loud when I run into something hard, something painful, something huge. Temptation can be, um, it can be a lot of things. It can be even things like being tempted to hold off on forgiving someone until just a little later, just a little later. Uh, it can be, a temptation can be a variety of things. That right there, the example I just mentioned, just I'm going to forgive him, uh, partially forgive him right now, but I'm going to hang on just a little longer. Or sometimes we say, well, I'm just not healed enough to forgive yet. Forgive. Let God do the healing work. Don't attach one to the other. Do what God wants you to do and forgive because it's poison to your soul to not forgive. You're poisoning your own well and then drinking the water and wondering why you feel sick. That's why you feel sick. So that's just an example. Like temptation can be a lot of things. Now, so when I run into something hard, like forgiving somebody that has done the unforgivable, I may not want to let go of my unforgiveness because it can feel like letting go of control. But actually, I want to go back to a passage like this where Jesus showed me. It's in the word of God to show me how to handle it. It is written. Hey, Jan, it is written. Now get yourself in line with what the Word of God says. So, uh, you know, when temptation is measured against the Word of God, it's always found wanting. Whatever the temptation is, it's going to be light in the loafers and wanting compared to God's Word. So measure your temptation against the Word of God. Because when I speak a verse about forgiveness out loud, say forgiveness is the issue I'm struggling with, I can start reciting verses about forgiveness out loud. And then that's exactly how I measure the temptation against the word of God. And boom, one of them 
doesn't measure up. It's wanting. And it's always the thing that I'm tempted with. It's never the word of God. God's word is always powerful. It is always effective. And that is very good news for us indeed. Jesus then went back to Galilee in the power of the spirit. That's what it says in verse 14 of Luke chapter four and began teaching in synagogues. Let's read verses 16 through 20 right now. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up as was his custom and as was his custom. I'm sorry. He entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God abound greatly. Verse 20. Then he rolled up the scroll, having stopped in the middle of the verse, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down to teach. And the eyes of all those in the synagogue were attentively fixed on him. He began speaking to them. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and in your presence. Wow. That is Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 20 from the Amplified. That's powerful. That This right here, this was a powerful moment in time. And there is, there's like a 0% chance that it was random. You know, this wasn't random. The time that it happened, none of, and where it, the location that, that this took place. Jesus always did the will of the Father. So we know that this exact time to announce his ministry, to reveal that he's the Messiah, it wasn't random. The fulfillment of this prophecy from the book of Isaiah, this was the right time. We know that because Jesus wouldn't have have done it if it was the wrong time. When I read these verses, what jumps out at me first is like a stunning image of who our God is. As this relates to prayer, it reminded me that I need to pay attention to my attitude. I I guess that's what I would call it. And remember, like really remember, remember well who it is to whom I pray. This is God Almighty. Just as the eyes of all in the synagogue were intently fixed on Jesus May our hearts be intently fixed on our God when we pray. Yes, it's a lofty goal. I mean, our minds wander. The dog needs to go out to the bathroom. And then, eh, you know, we check our phone and, oh, I better reply to that text real quick. And then, well, we try to finish up our prayer time. Oh, oh, let me get back to that and try to finish it up. This, this happens, right? I mean, like it happens often. But I don't want to quickly wrap up my prayer time. I don't want to be like, oh, let me quickly wrap up my prayer time. I don't want to do that. I want to remember the one to whom I am speaking. We are coming to a king. I think it was John Newton that wrote, Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. Can we very well bring large petitions, supernatural sized requests, if we're in a hurry to just wrap up our prayer time? Would we stand in the presence of an earthly king? a leader, a president, a chancellor, what have you, and open our phone and check Instagram. Got to check the gram. Hang on. I think we'd leave our phone somewhere else. That would be the last thing on our mind. So, you know, when we pray, um, can we can we remember the one to whom we come, the King of Kings? 
Instagram should have nothing on the one to whom we're in the presence of. You know what I mean? Your phone, letting the dog go potty. Yeah, you are going to have to go take the dog to the bathroom and then bring it back in. But you can do that. Stay in an attitude of prayer. Keep speaking to the Lord. Let the dog back in. Go sit right back down in your your chair, wherever you have your devotions, and keep praying, you know? When we remember the one to whom we pray, the king of kings, we're coming to a king, large petitions with us we should bring. We remember that. It helps us to pray better, to pray bigger, to pray more effectively, to pray bolder, and then increasingly, increasingly, increasingly bolder prayers day by day. You won't just pray bolder today. This builds upon itself. You want to get about the business of praying big prayers, this is how you do it. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll and he sat down. Once all the eyes were fixed on him, once all the eyes were fixed on him. Think about this. He says that. Drop the mic moment. Drop the mic moment. Rolls up the scroll and he sits down. And then he kind of waits. He wasn't afraid to leave a little silence hanging in the air. Once all the eyes were fixed on him, then Jesus said, Today, This scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and in your presence. He was saying that he was the Messiah. He was saying that he was the Son of God. He was making himself, uh, declaring, not making himself. He was making himself to be known, like he was revealing himself. He was telling you, all the people in the listening room, the synagogue, but also telling you through his word of God, you know, today, he was telling you who he is. Who he was then is who he still is today. Can you imagine that moment? Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and in your presence. Wow. Okay, so let's look at what comes next. There were those who got like snarky, for lack of a better word. Ever met somebody who's snarky? Somebody who just has the ability to just be, ah, oh, they can just cut with their words, you know, and they're kind of a negative Nancy or whatever, however you want to describe it. You know, Jesus ran into some snarky folks too. So he is the one that we want to go to when that happens to us because he knows what we need to do in those moments. Turns out um, rather quickly, things got a bit intense. Okay, let's read verses 24 to 30. Then he said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But in truth, I say to you, There were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was not sent by the Lord to a single one of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and not one of them was cleansed by being healed except Naaman the Syrian. As they heard these things about God's grace to these two Gentiles, the people in the synagogue were filled with a great rage, and they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the crest of the hill on which their city had been built in order to hurl him down the cliff. But passing miraculously through the crowd, he went on his way. Wow, sometimes when God's word is shared, the people that hear the sharing of God's word, those people are going to be filled with a great rage. That's going to happen sometimes. And some of those people who get filled with great rage, are they may be church folks. I'm, I'm not taking this out of context. These were, this was in the synagogue. These were God's people. They were, so they would be church folks, you know, if we were to equate it to modern times, and they were filled with rage. This happens. So 
I guess kind of like what I said a second ago about, you know, when the, the situation with where people maybe misunderstand you or they get snarky. Look, when these kinds of things happen, you want to go to the one who knows what it's like, who can equip you to handle the situation in the moment as it's happening. You don't have to just trust and depend on yourself in these moments. Trust him. He's got what you need in that situation. So they got up and they drove him out of the city. I'm not exactly sure what that looks like, but mentally that doesn't seem like a happy picture. Pushing him, shoving him, um, you know, dragging him maybe. I, I don't know what this would have looked at. And they led him to the crest of the hill on which their city had been built in order to hurl him down the cliff. But passing miraculously through the crowd, he went on his way. This is awesome. This is awesome. I did look up some images to get an idea of what that cliff may have looked like. And what I saw was like, it looks like something you do not want to be tossed over. Like, don't throw me off of this. Don't hurl me on over this. this it, was, it was a cliff's cliff. You know what I mean? Like you were, you're not just going to um, jump right back up. You know, I mean, one time we were at the Grand Canyon and my husband and my son, thought it would be just hilarious if they just um, kind of like jumped over this edge from where my daughters and I were standing. We had our dogs, so we were staying quite a ways back because, you know, they were squirrely little pugs, right? So like we couldn't see that there was a little ledge beneath them, but they jumped off and it was like startling. Even though in my mind I thought this is totally, they're just messing with us. They're just messing with us. It was still startling to see because it was far enough down. We couldn't see them anymore. It's like, oh my goodness, you guys, uh, it was, uh, it looked terrible from where we were, but it wasn't terrible. This is not like that. Hurling him off of this would have been for reals, like not good, not good at all. But verse 30, miraculously, wow. So we see two words I want you to focus on from verse 30 of Luke 4, but miraculously, in that messy situation, and it was messy, in that emergency, and you could call that an emergency, they're going to hurl him off a cliff, in that yuck thing, right? Think about what that might equate to in your life. What's the scary thing? What's the dangerous thing? What's intense right now? Can the Lord have a but, miraculously moment? Oh, you better believe it. You better believe he can. Okay, so take a pause, take a breath. You know, it isn't over until he says it over. That's what I want you to think of when you think of this word, but. But, all right, take a breath, hang on a sec, it's not over until my God says it's over. Sometimes that little word, but, can be the most comforting word in the entire world. But, he has a but for your issue, my friend. This is a promise. God is never going to just let things go willy-nilly to the wind on this planet. He just won't. It's not going to happen. He is in control. He has not abdicated his control. He will never not have the final say. And so we want to always, always invite him into our lives. Yield to him, like as in yielding is giving the right of way. So yield to Jesus and give him the right of way so that his way will be the only way that things go. I want to go his way, not my own way, not somebody else's way. I want his will to be done because it's the best, period. It's not a question. Like maybe sometimes it's the best. If it's the best right now, I guess that'll work, Jesus. But sometimes it's not the best, so I don't know about No, no, no. It is always the best, period. I want that. You know, think about the Napoleon Dynamite movie where she says, the wife says, I want that. 
when they're um, trying to, it's like you get the free shipbuilding kit along with the knockoff Tupperware order. I want that. Look, I, I don't want a corny shipbuilding kit along with the fake Tupperware. I want God to speak the word but into my life wherever he wants to. And then I want to see him do the miraculous. Look, he just passed through the crowd. This is a crowd focused on him. Remember when he sat down in the synagogue, every eye was on him. Every eye was on him. When they became enraged and they let him out of town, do you think they were looking at the birds flying around? Or No, these are very upset people and they would have been looking at him. But miraculously, he passed right through the crowd and went on with what God had called him to do, his ministry. When was the last time that you were able to just pass through a crowd that was bent on killing you? This is the one, this is the one we pray to. We put this name, the name of Jesus, at the end of our prayers. Do you think that we really understand his power? Are we regularly understanding the, the depth the majesty, the might, the holiness, the perfection, the power of the one to whom we pray, like on the regular, whenever we're in prayer, or could we maybe grow in this? It's okay if I'm the only one. I doubt that I'm the only one that needs to grow in this to really know the one to whom I'm bringing my request. Thou art coming to a king. Wow, may my request be in accordance with the one to whom I'm coming to make them. You know, you have prayer promises that you have not even scratched the surface of, and there is no time like the present to grow in your prayer life. Today, uh, I would like to just pray over you as I wrap up this episode. But I'd also like to share a couple of things first, if I could. Uh, Have you signed up for my email list? I have giveaways and I sometimes send out a three quick things email that has, just like it sounds, three quick things. They're usually things that will encourage you, bless you, and hopefully always glorify the Lord. Something new will be coming soon-ish. And uh, my email list is going to hear about it first. So, And I do have several giveaways coming up in April. So you can join my list at my website. It's my name, J-A-N, middle initial L-B-U-R-T dot com. Just scroll down there on that page that you land on, that first page, and boom, right there. There it is to sign up. So secondly, I am um, going to guest on a podcast that will release soon. It's already been recorded. It's called the Hope Along the Journey podcast with Mark Dawson. And I'm telling you what, he does a really tremendous job of reminding people of the hope that we have in Jesus during our difficult times. I hope you heard what I just said. The hope we have in Jesus during our difficult times. We sometimes in the church, we can play nice in a way. We try to pretty things up. You know what I mean? Like with Jesus, we don't need to fake it till we make it. Sometimes we do that with each other. We don't have to do that with Jesus. We get to come to him. We get to come to him in prayer as we are. And as we go through the things of life, as we're going through them, many of which are so very difficult, we can have hope along the way. Our hope does not disappoint when it is rooted in Jesus. So um, check the show notes for the link to Hope Along the Way or Hope Along the Journey and, and subscribe. Not Hope Along the Way, Hope Along the Journey and subscribe. 
I want you to subscribe to this podcast. It's so good. Um, and you can also just look it up on whatever app you, you know, Spotify, wherever you listen. It's Mark Dawson, Hope Along the Journey. Find it and subscribe. You will be blessed. It's such great content and it's so encouraging. And he's just really, really real. Really, really real. It's exactly what people need. For, I mean, I mean it. It's exactly what they need. How important is that right now? It's beyond important. So be sure to check out Hope Along the Journey with Mark Dawson, and I'll be sharing more about this ministry in the coming weeks. It's good, good. It's such good stuff, such good stuff. All right, here we go. I would like to pray for you today. It's a privilege. It's a blessing. It's an honor. I don't take it lightly. So thank you for allowing me the blessing of lifting you before the Lord today. Lord, today I come to you on behalf of every single listener. No matter when they listen to this episode, I lift them up to you, Lord, and I ask that you would speak your word into their lives, into their exact situations right now, just where they need to see your hand, where they need to experience your peace, where they need to grab hold of your hope. Bring that to them, Lord, today today, Lord. Don't delay. Move and act quickly in those places where it is most needed. You know what's on their heart, what's weighing far, far too heavily. Work there, Lord. Bring healing and deliverance, protection and peace, peace of mind, steadfastness. Bring them friendships, discipleship, and do it all from the depths of your unending loving kindness. Where they need a turnaround, Lord, do it miraculously do what only you can do. And we give you all, all the praise. There's none like you. There's none like you, Father. We are coming today to a mighty king, the king of all kings. And we bring with us large and vast petitions. We lay our needs and our burdens and our fears at your feet. And we know that you will bless us. Favor every single listener. Shower them in your grace. Pour out your love and your mercy, and may your goodness in their lives overflow. May rich, rich abundance be theirs. Then, Lord, do it again tomorrow, and again, and again, and again. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 100 of the Burt Not Ernie Show. Um, I'd be so thankful if you would consider leaving a rating and or a review of the podcast on whatever platform you listen on. It's so helpful. It makes a big difference in the podcast reach. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, also, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the Burt Not Ernie show. Just subscribe just on wh um, whatever, wherever you're listening right now. It should be pretty easy to just subscribe. I'm thankful for you. And I'm believing that God has amazing things in store for you right now in this very time. Never forget the one to whom you pray. He is amazing. This is the Burt Not Ernie show, part of the Spark Network, playing now on the Edify app. Hope to see you back here next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.